T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Joining us on the West Her Hotline is the Patriots beat reporter over at New England Sports Network, NESN. He's also the co-host of NESN's Patriots podcast. It's Zach Cox joining us on the West Her Hotline. Zach, thanks so much for joining us on your Saturday afternoon, my friend. Um, I, I'm sure that's, uh, that, that sound clip from NBC Sports Boston has been making the rounds throughout the Patriots fan base. Um, I can tell you it has certainly made the rounds in the Bills Mafia fan base. In fact, <laughs> if you're like, you know, if you're, if you're in one of those group text messages with friends, I've got a lot of Bills fans that are friends and group text messages. I had like two or three people send me that clip sort of in a level of like kind of a point and laugh situation. What in your estimation, Zach, because... I get, I hear this a lot, which is if it was any other coach, blank, right? And Bill Belichick has built up enough goodwill to basically do whatever he wants. But I guess I didn't figure he would go this route at this point. I just, there is a lot of questions about what Bill Belichick is doing. But now that you're hearing people in New England teams, guys that cover the team talking about it, it is starting to become a more interesting storyline to me, Zach. Yeah, I would say this is the, in my opinion, the single most interesting and important storyline surrounding this entire Patriots team this season, just because you look at where they are as a franchise. They have a quarterback in Mac Jones who looks like a potential franchise quarterback, looks like a potential star if he kind of continues that trajectory that he showed last season. And now he's going to be coached by a coaching staff that does not feature a single person who has coached quarterbacks at the NFL level or a single person who has called offensive plays at the NFL level, that is, that's risky to me. That's risky, that's dicey, that's scary, whatever word you want to use uh, for that from a, from a Patriots fan perspective. It, it just going into a quarterback's second year, this is such a key period in his development, and, and to trust that to a group of coaches who, yes, are very experienced. Joe Judge has been around the NFL a long time. Matt Patricia has been along, around the NFL a long time, but – it's just guys that aren't very experienced in the jobs that they're actually going to be doing. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a very large risk, uh, in my opinion. Zach, and I guess the thing for me when you talk about this coaching staff and the assembly of this coaching staff, when McDaniels was ultimately in the process of when there was conversations being had of, okay, it's looking more and more like he's going to get the head coaching job in Las Vegas – I got the sense that, like, okay, Bill O'Brien, sure. I mean, that that makes sense, right? Like, go go get a go get a Belichick retread. You know, go get a guy who's maybe now at the college level, but has some experience running NFL offenses at the NFL level. But to go this route, I, I wonder because here's the thing, Zach. Players are smart. 
right? Like, especially nowadays, the, the crop of younger players, I'm wondering... I mean, they'll never say it, Zach. I mean, you will never hear Mac Jones go up and not say anything other than, we're really excited, you know, uh, what, what, what Joe was able to do in his short amount of time. I know it didn't work out at the end. Like, you'll just get the coach speak, the PR speak from every player. But I'm wondering in the back of their heads what they think of this situation. Now, again, well, we're never going to know, but if you were to guess, hearing some of the things from the, the NBC Sports in, in, in Boston there, hearing like he's kind of hearing even players are even sort of wondering, what, what's going on here? Like, do you get the sense that like, that could be a storyline within that locker room? I, I think it could be, yeah. I think it's too early to kind of make any, any sweeping judgments or, or panic or anything like that. And obviously, as you mentioned earlier, with Bill Belichick, you, you do have to give him the benefit of the doubt. There does have to be some sort of some level of in Bill we trust um, type type thing with with anything like this but yeah I mean if they start off poorly offensively if Mac Jones just kind of takes a step back in the first couple of weeks there there's going to be a lot of questions asked about the way Bill Belichick assembled this coaching staff and it 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 is a little surprising to me I I thought Bill O'Brien would have made a lot of sense Uh, I know people have said oh well he'd probably be a guy who's only here for one year because he would want to go get a head coaching job elsewhere yeah, fine. I, I would if if I'm the Patriots, I would take that for one year and, and then kind of readdress it next off season. Uh, and the fact that this clearly wasn't a a plan that was formulated a while ago because Joe Judge was a head coach and wasn't available as, as of about six months ago. So yeah, it just seems like something that it, it appears thrown together to me. It probably wasn't. Uh, obviously, Bill Belichick plans these things out uh, better than pretty much anybody in the NFL, but. Yeah, it's certainly a situation where if the Patriots don't look completely cohesive offensively early in the year, uh, it can definitely become a a very large storyline for sure. And I'm wondering, Zach, like I I keep kind of thinking about the steps that are kind of needed for this offense to take this year because of the Dolphins, because of the Jets, and frankly, because of the Bills, I thought, took a step this offseason, going and getting a Von Miller, going and getting uh, Jamison Crowder, who I think could be better than Cole Beasley has been because he's younger and I think a little bit does a little bit more with the football in his hands than Beasley did. They, I think they got better on the offensive line. So, like, obviously the Jets – they're in route to take some sort of level of step. And the Dolphins, they get Tyreek Hill. And whether or not two is good enough to make that work, I guess where I'm going with this is it seems and feels like from the outside looking in that this is probably the most pressure a Bill Belichick coach team has felt in New England and and maybe ever since he's been there. And I wonder if the Dolphins, you know, this is a little bit of prognosticating, but if the Dolphins were to overtake and have a better record than and beat in both instances this year the Patriots, I'm not asking you whether or, whether or not, you know, the, the, the Patriots are going to fire Bill Belichick at the end of the season if things don't go well. But I think I'm asking you, if things don't go well, could the, Bill, could the Patriots move on from Bill Belichick this year? I don't know. That That's going to be uh, something that it would obviously be a, a very large franchise-shaking decision, and, and uh, I'm never going to to predict that right now. But it, I certainly agree with you that this is a, a very pressure-packed situation for Bill Belichick and this Patriots team. And even beyond the AFC East, all those teams that you mentioned, you look around the AFC, there are six, seven, eight AFC teams that, at least on paper, appeared to get better this offseason. And you look at the Patriots, and 
you could make the argument that their roster might actually be a little bit worse now than it was at the end of 2021. Now, that could change if Mac Jones takes a step and if Jonu Smith and Nelson Aguilar and some of those free agents from last year perform a little bit better. I'm, I'm not saying the Patriots will undoubtedly be worse this year than they were last year, but overall on paper, it's hard for me to say with any confidence that the, that the Patriots are going to improve on, on what they did last year. And that's, yeah, that, that's a, a, a very different situation for this franchise. It's a, it's a team that now has not won a playoff game since the 2018 Super Bowl. It's gone three straight years without a playoff win. And if, if that makes it four, if you make that four this year, if, if they even regress a little bit and miss the playoffs in a very competitive AFC, then, yeah, there are going to be a lot of questions asked uh, for sure. And ironically, Zach, this is a team that going into week 16, was it? <laughs> Excuse me. Week 16? Was it first place in the AFC East? Yeah, um, I think it was week 14 week, or something like that. But, yeah, it was late in the It's year. late. Yeah, coming out of that bye week. Yeah, it's late in the season that they're, number, that they're, that they're in the top of this division. And to sort of see how things progressed, that second matchup against the Bills and obviously that wild card matchup, I just I'm wondering as an offense. Listen, I like Devontae Parker, but the team that traded Devontae Parker to the Patriots was so unconcerned about what Devontae Parker would do that they traded him within division, which is not something that you really see a lot of in the NFL. I, I'm wondering, you know, with Devontae Parker, you mentioned Aguilar and you mentioned Johnny Smith. I mean, those are two players that they desperately need to take a step, particularly Johnny Smith, Zach, who I just in terms of contracts, is I'm what, pacing one of the worst free agent pickups of the last decade. I mean, that's how poorly it's gone. I, I'm wondering what kind of role you envision Joe Judge and, and, and Matt Patricia carving out for Johnny Smith because if there is not an emphasis on not just getting him going, Zach, but featuring him, I mean, you don't pay $12.5 million to a tight end and then go two years without figuring out ways to get creative with them. I, I'm just wondering what that looks like, John U. Smith, in this offense. Now, we don't know because this is an offensive coordinator and an offensive group of play callers. We've never seen call play, so it can be hard to maybe know what they've got in store. But, man, they better have something. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. I, I think John U. Smith was easily the, the most disappointing member of, of that free agent class for the Patriots last year. You just... You look at the production he was able to to bring. He had nine catches on ten targets over the first two games, and then I think he had like twelve catches or thirteen catches over the remainder of the season. Uh, also graded out as one of the worst run blocking tight ends in the NFL. Just a a really poor season for him, uh, especially uh, coming from the the years he was able to have down in Tennessee. Uh, it was interesting to me earlier this off season. Robert Kraft, the Patriots owner, did say that they are quote making changes to kind of try to unlock some of the uh, the potential from from some of their more disappointing offensive free agents. Uh, very clearly, he was talking about Johnny Smith and Nelson Aguilar there. So unclear what that's going to look like right now. Uh, I do think you're going to see a bit of a different Patriots offense this year, uh, if only because they now no longer have a fullback. Uh, Jakob Johnson, their fullback for the last couple of years, he's now out in Las Vegas with Josh McDaniels, uh, and they don't have a single player at that position on the roster right now. So maybe you'll see uh, some more two tight end sets, which a lot of us expected to see last year that ended up not really coming to fruition. So maybe that's how they kind of feature Johnny Smith a little bit more, try to get some matchups for him to, uh, to, to sort of exploit what he does well. 
Uh, because, I mean, for one silver lining of his last season, I think he ranked third in the NFL in yards after catch per reception. Uh, so he was productive when he had the ball in his hands. He just didn't have the ball in his hands all that often. So, yeah, going to be very interesting to see how what exactly that looks like, how the Patriots are able to try to get Johnny Smith back to uh, the kind of player he was with the Titans. Zach Cox here of the New England Sports Network. He covers the New England Patriots on the West Her Hotline. And, you know, I think it's fair to say that at this point, and in understanding that myself, my co-host for Bills Buffalo Bills pregame, Jeremy White, we were both kind of on team go get Jonu Smith last offseason when he ended up signing with the Patriots. I don't think a lot of people envisioned the Patriots going out and spending $12.5 million on two tight ends, much less after the Hunter Henry signing, it was almost assumed, okay, well, that, may, that means good things for the Bills. I think the Bills are going to have an opportunity at Jonu Smith at the right number. The right number in our mind was like $7 million. And him getting 12 and a half was like, whoa, uh, yeah, the Bills were not going to be in that neighborhood whatsoever in any conversation around Jonu Smith. But our thought the entire time about what he could be, I mean, I guess you really only had to feel like you were watching him play in Tennessee, that he's just not a natural in-line tight end, a hand-in-the-ground, in-line. You mentioned him being one of the worst blocking tight ends uh, in terms of run blocking in the league last year. He, I feel like in order to sort of unlock the Janu Smith thing here, Zach, it feels like there needs to be a level of creativity. And I just think that paying $12.5 million for a guy that you have to manufacture non-conventional ways for him to be successful feels like you are sort of admitting that that was a mistake. And I don't think anyone would argue that it wasn't a mistake. But I just, having to get him the ball in non-conventional ways just seems like an admission of that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's certainly a, a valid point for sure. And also the fact that he, he does seem to be a player that you need to, to scheme up touches for. You need to find creative ways to get the ball in his hands. And now this year you're going to be having an offensive play caller who does not have any experience calling offensive plays at the NFL level. So I think you have a little bit more confidence in that if it's Josh McDaniels in here because he is right. one of the more creative offensive play callers. Uh, but, but, yeah, having – whether that's Joe Judge, whether that's Nick Cayley, whether that's Matt Patricia, who, whoever ends up calling plays this season, it's going to be somebody who is inexperienced and is probably a bit of a tougher ask to, to have him kind of scheme up some, some creative ways to, to really unlock Johnny Smith. So, yeah, that's just another kind of wrinkle of this whole Patriots coaching staff and, and why it is really puzzling to, uh, to a lot of people around here. Listen, I love Pierre Strong, um, but two running backs in this draft uh, after taking Ramondre Stevenson last year, who I think you could argue like a lot of people felt, especially if you're a fantasy owner, like, yeah, give him the ball more. He's a really solid breakaway threat. And then you have Damian Harris, who is a guy that they drafted, who you probably want to see him touch the ball more. How do they use all of these running backs, Zach? Like, and how can you – and they have James White, who they just re-signed coming back. You can't dress five, can you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, I was not surprised that the Patriots drafted a running back, um, especially with uh, where James White is in his career and his injury situation. He's coming off hip surgery. Uh, there was a, a report earlier this month that he hasn't been fully medically cleared and probably won't. Uh, be on the field for OTAs when they begin next week. Uh, He is back on the field doing some, at least some conditioning work, so that's a good sign for him. But he's 30 years old, coming off hip surgery. uh, There's no guarantee that he's even going to be on the Patriots roster this season. 
Uh, and even if he is, he's definitely nearing the end of his career. So uh, I think picking up somebody like Pierre Strong, who some people view as that James White type replacement, uh, I think that was a smart move. Drafting two running backs, I, I was definitely a little surprised by. Uh, Kevin Harris, who they got in the sixth round, is is kind of a flyer type. I mean, as a as a, a sixth round pick, he's not going to be guaranteed to make the roster. Uh, also, didn't have a particularly productive final season uh, at South Carolina. He was coming off back surgery. Uh, he had a couple really ta- uh, really productive games, showed some talent, but he, he's not a guy who's going to be locked into the roster. But it, it will be very interesting to see how this whole position battle there shakes out because if Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris both really impress this offseason or this, uh, this preseason in training camp, rather, I don't think it's out of the question that the Patriots could trade Damian Harris because mm. uh, he is entering the final year of his contract. It has become pretty clear now that paying – Running backs, big second right. contracts, right. really isn't great business in the NFL. Uh, so if the Patriots are looking at Harris, who is one of their better players, had a great year last year, uh, wouldn't be for any uh, any talent or production reasons. But if they're saying, well, this is a guy we're probably not going to pay next year. We have Ramondre Stevenson. We've got these young guys. Maybe we flip him now and, uh, and see what happens there, see what we can get for him. So uh, I don't think that's a guarantee by any means, and I would probably expect Damian Harris to be on this team. But if some of these, these younger backs really do flash this summer, uh, I don't think that is uh, out of the question by any means. Class, the classic former quarterback in me realizes I, we've just gone like 20 minutes and I haven't asked you one question about the defense. So maybe I'll send you <laughs> off on a defensive question here, um, Zach. I, I, I do wonder, like, this is a team that Bill Belichick, and, and I always talk about this, and it was the same conversation that I've been having about Jordan Poyer here in Buffalo, right? Jordan Poyer is talking about wanting to, er, that he is going to sit out OTAs uh, if it means he gets extended. Now, he's got one year remaining on his contract, so, you know, maybe this isn't the right time. It's in a Super Bowl window. The Bills have just paid a bunch of people. The thing I've always kind of admired, low-key, about Bill Belichick is he seems to always walk away one year before the fall off the cliff happens. I'm thinking of Laura Malloy in this, Ty Law. I mean, player after player after player. It just happened with Stephon Gilmore. The J.C. Jackson one, though, thing is, is I'm a little interested in that decision, Zach, because he goes out and gets paid by the Los Angeles Chargers. That's not a guy at 31 who's a year or maybe a year and a half away from taking that cliff fall, and it doesn't really feel like they've done a ton to replace him. What does that defensive backfield at the cornerback position look like this year, considering this is a division with Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, now Garrett Wilson, and, and Elijah Moore? Yeah, it's going to be very different from the way that the Patriots have constructed things back there in the past. You go back to really 2012, there's always been at least one Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl caliber lockdown cornerback in there. You go from Aqib Tlaib to Darrell Rivas to Malcolm Butler to Stephon Gilmore to J.C. Jackson. And then you look at this year, they don't really have anybody like that on their roster right now. Uh, they've, they've added a couple players since they let Jackson walk. They brought back Malcolm Butler, who is now, I believe, 32 and, and was retired last season. So we don't know what his game is going to look like. They brought in Terrence Mitchell, kind of a journeyman guy, uh, started for, for Houston last year. And then they drafted Marcus Jones and Jack Jones in uh, the, the third and fourth round. So they brought in some bodies there, but it's definitely a, a much different setup at the cornerback position than it has been in the past just because they don't have that clear number one guy. We don't even know who their quote-unquote number one cornerback is going to be this year. It could be Butler, it could be Jalen Mills, it could be Terrence Mitchell, it could be one of these rookies. It's just a very different uh, 
philosophy back there than they've had for a while. Um, and the J.C. Jackson thing did surprise me a little bit. Uh, I didn't expect the Patriots to pay him the, the amount of money that the Chargers ended up paying him. But because there clearly was a lot of interest there, I'm a little surprised that they didn't give him the franchise tag sure. uh, and then try to trade him and get an asset for him. That, that was a little bit puzzling uh, to me. But there are a, uh, a, lot, of, a lot of questions for this, this defense. I mean, in the secondary, uh, at linebacker, the linebacking core is going to look completely different this season. Um, and, yeah, it's going to be a very different-looking Patriots defense, which probably is for the best, just given the way that everything ended uh, late last year. They were one of the better defenses in the NFL for a lot of the season, but you just saw them wear down late in the year. I think they've tried to get younger, they've tried to get faster, and, and they're hoping that they can now keep up with the, uh, the Josh Allens of the world uh, in the AFC East. Zach, thanks so much, man, for joining me on this Saturday afternoon. Tell the folks where they can find your work, what you got coming up, and, uh, and all that good jazz. Uh, absolutely, yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach Cox Nesson. Uh, you can follow or you can find all, all of our Patriots coverage over at Nesson.com. Uh, we've got Patriots OTAs starting up on Monday, so we'll have uh, plenty of stuff coming out of that. Uh, so, yeah, Nesson.com if you want to check any of that out. Awesome. Thanks so much, Zach. Appreciate you. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.